Ninja Dogs. Swab the decks and hoist the sails. The guns on board be needed some proper manning. Pieces of eight and a fine wench on your arm. If you work, be not too shoddy. Careful not to flounder too badly, though, or you may have to dance the hemp and jig as we see you to Davy Jones. The Jeffy, my boy, on with the show. Welcome, everybody, friends, folks, foes, and fellow pirate mateys to this week's Friday night feature guest interview. It's show number 191, Pirate Radio Podcasts. I'm your host, as always, Robin Hood's Chief Communications Officer, Jaffe Ryder. Joining us this week via Las Vegas, USA. Our guest is author, speaker, and longtime thrill seeker, Will Champion. Largely a man of mystery himself, Champion's epic Dreamland Files promises to make you question everything, whether it's his literary career. UFOlogy, or the wider world of parapolitics and conspiracy, we've got the next approximate 90 minutes to do exactly this, and maybe even just a little bit more. So, WPRPN.com is the website you'll want to drop by. Pirate One Radio at ProtonMail.com is our web, our email address. It's how you can contact us if you have any show ideas in mind um, or guests that you'd like to see us bring on board. We also accept PayPal donations via that email address, PirateOneRadio at ProtonMail.com. Speaking of what it is you can do to help support not only the flagship, but also the wider network, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WPRPN. Looking to build up a little more in the way of people helping to, uh, who are committed to pitching into our, our tip jar there, as far as premium content is concerned. Minds.com tokens as well too let's not forget and if any of these are simply beyond your means just remind to like comment share hit the subscription and notification buttons along with that pass the word on to your friends and family let them know what's going on over at wprpn.com Also, before I forget, just to remind you, sign-up is free. We've got other layers and levels, ways of doing things over uh, uh, via the main domain through subscription. The the subscription approach, basically, but the basic sign-up is free, so that's something everyone 
can do and, and have a lot of fun with. Uh, we have got Reverend Jim, I believe, heading on up to the crow's nest. We're going to just, uh, we're going to call on through to Jim, see if we can contact him. We had spotted him scurrying on up uh, as fast as he could just a few minutes ago. Jim, I, I, I do believe we're still simulcasting through your D-Live connection. How are things looking? Hi, Jaffe. We are looking good. We are flying high. I'm up here. We got uh, five people over in my audience right now. We got, uh, looks like, six people on Facebook. And uh, I can't tell how many is on uh, YouTube quite yet, but uh, we've already had 10 likes for the uh, evening. Yeah, so that's really great. It's going to be a good show. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, Will Champion has actually appeared on Coast to Coast, and uh, John Wells, his show as well, too, which the name escapes me right now. What is the what? What, what does he call his his main show? Actually, Mister Wells, do you uh, do you remember Jim? Uh, yeah, that's Caravan to Midnight. There we go. That's that's right. So, and of course, everyone remembers all the whole debacle, all that went down there. I'm not too clear on the details exactly, but I think he had a bit of a falling out with the uh, with the coast to coast uh, executives or administration people there at some level. Whether it was George Nori personally or what have you, I I couldn't really say, but. Uh, as Art Bell so aptly put it back in the day regarding the whole Leo Ashcraft uh, soap opera and saga, drama, drama, drama. Uh, so Art really had a way of, of, uh, of, of putting things, of course. It's too bad that we lost him when, he, when we did, but then again, quite a career and a legacy that he did leave behind and uh, somebody who really managed to raise the bar to the level where I think all of the rest of us out here as show hosts are doing our best to, I'm not sure so much as emulate as, who knows? Uh, he's, it's uns oh, it's unsurpassable what he did. Go ahead. Um, did you see the thing on Jordan Maxwell uh, had a stroke the other day? Okay, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, I could just, yeah, yeah I know. It doesn't surprise uh, we, me. We, we know he was in poor health, but that just, uh, that passed my uh, news well, feed here. Yeah, I'm glad that, uh, no, I didn't hear that. This is breaking news. How, a couple days ago? I saw it today, so it either happened early this morning or it happened last night, yesterday. Yeah. And how's he? Is he in the hospital? Uh, how's he doing? Yeah, he's in the hospital. They're requesting prayers. There wasn't any big update, just that he was in the hospital with a stroke. Jeez. And, is it so? Yeah. It's looking. It could be life threatening. Then that's uh... could be. It, um, well, any stroke can be. Right. That's, sure. Sometimes and people they have with his age and he's got right. you know 
pre-existing conditions. Oh, didn't know. Didn't know about that. Sometimes people have those mini strokes though, as well too. Let's not forget. There's a whole like spectrum and range. This is what we've seen here with the whole COVID business. So, well, we'll get back. Uh, any updates that people can bring to our attention over the course of the show would be great, of course. And we'll be sure to update all of our listeners regarding this matter and many other stories, along with the fact that it looks like uh, President Trump has recently pardoned uh, Roger Stone. But, you know, we, we've got our guest here waiting in the wings quite patiently. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how to best kick things off here other than just to welcome him i suppose we had a just a quick pre-interview with will and uh you know it's interesting mr champion in doing a little bit of a duck duck go search i don't know if you're aware of this or not if you've ever tried uh doing the same thing yourself but did you know that there's a, I guess it's a British rock and roll drummer who shares your name and I think is a little more, uh, carries even a little more pre prestige and, and fame than you do out on the world stage. So uh, have, have you ever, <laughs> have you heard about this character? Uh, hi, Jaffe. Hey, welcome to and, the uh, Well, thank you for... Uh having me on your show as a guest tonight I'm I'm excited to be here and uh, to answer your question yes I uh, I knew we we uh, shared the same name and sorry ladies you know there is a distinction I'm not the British rock star but then it, you know that's just the way it is <laughs> you're the Las Vegas blackjack ace I don't tell the casino exactly about that Let's keep our voices down. <laughs> they think bad things happen when I used to uh, play cards there and win a little bit of money. I was evil. <laughs> win, win a little bit uh, too much. That, that's right. Sure. So those the casinos, they wouldn't be in business, I guess, if, if uh, too many of their patrons uh, were winning all the time, obviously. But, I mean, that's a whole area that we could get into, the, 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 the gambling world as it is uh wasn't really thinking of doing that here in a big way right now maybe save that for later or even another interview at some point down the road but uh right now with respect to well the dreamland files of course and your your backstory that's something that we would like to you know get into here right off the, the top of the show but even before we do that a big shout out to Janie Walker hey you know if it hadn't been for her helping to even though you were on my my friend list on Facebook that uh, you know you strike a pretty intimidating pose <laughs> I must say so oh was, really maybe maybe you'd make for a, a decent pirate after all yeah I mean that whole well, the James Bond kind of double you know <laughs> secret agent man sort of uh picture that, that you got there on your facebook made me do a bit well, of a double take for sure but i i'm i'm a little bit of a rogue by nature and i've always been an adrenaline junkie so that kind of figures but i've always been on the side of the bank robbers and the pirates anyway that's uh that's 
also part of my nature. I yeah. wish I had a, a, a patch to wear sometimes, <laughs> patch over one eye. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, what you just said there, I don't know if, if I would have myself put it that way. But uh, I, I, speaking for ourselves, I know, yeah, we're big fans of Robin Hood, of course. And it's it's great <laughs> to be a part of this operation here aboard the ship that they have christened the Robin Hood. Uh, but let's let's see now. Yeah, so Janie Walker, are you... you Sounds like the two of you might go back a ways. A bit, yeah. Without... Uh, Jane, Janie is a terrific band and friend, and uh, you know I just uh, I can't say enough about the loyal friends and fans and followers that I have that uh, have been with me for quite some time, and uh, yeah, it means a lot to me. It really does. Sure. And I hope in some way I get to put back a little bit of joy or a smile on somebody's face now and then for all of the the kindness and, and outright love that they show me online. And I'm grateful. So if you're out there, Janie, hey, <laughs> I appreciate you. Have you had a chance to meet up with any of the people that you've connected with via social media? I guess you, can, you have because you've done a number of... Um public presentations over the years maybe before we even go there why don't you why don't you we back things up a little bit as to how you got into this whole uh book writing business i know you mentioned in the pre-interview uh a little bit regarding the world of gambling and blackjack living in las vegas as it sounds uh, it sounds like you're you're still based out of um uh, the city of so what sex sin and I don't, I'm not sure God only knows uh, how else they they describe um, things well it's let's see what stays in Vegas no 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 how does that go again <laughs> what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas I guess yeah so sex sin and geez just although of course you probably keep a, an arm's length distance from all that that whole business, I'd imagine, although eh, maybe choir practice two or three times a week. Exactly. Okay. Uh, actually, yeah, I'd uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I won't go there. Okay. But as as uh, as you did so nicely mention, you know, that that was part of my life, and it it was a a useful part of my life uh, because it it helped me do the thing that I'm I'm very proud of and that is do the legal and historical research and the creative writing to produce the Dreamland files. Uh, it's it's an ebook thriller yeah, as it's formatted presently. Sorry, it's it's not in print form and I may or may not go that way. Um, it yet uh, remains to be seen. It, However it, it's amazing. Yeah. 500 pages of just it's just chock full of of from one paragraph to the next it never stops you know just you, wow i mean uh I, I i shouldn't have cut you off i guess but i was just blown away because you did send us a copy I, I had the chance to look things over and uh, the, the glossary of course as we were talking about 
just prior to going going live, uh, the bibliography and all 500 pages. Mark Diamond, thinly veiled. I, I ref. <laughs> well, uh, who could who could that be now? You know, so many books, of course, that that people from the intelligence world publish are, as you may be aware, they're they're fictional. But when it comes right down to it maybe not and and that they're required to publish under that guise and in that that context of of things uh yes follow my drift yes but uh yes so i i'm not sure if you want to address that once again you've got such an, ex an extensive bio including ems history um the legal end of things uh, public lecturer author is there anything that you haven't done to this point? Professional gambler. I mean, so, but how um, did this, how did this all start for you? How did this all kick off the world of conspiracy in particular? There was a, an, an awakening moment, I guess, was there not back, back in the day? Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of the fortunate few, uh, actually that, um, as, as a, young man during my quote-unquote formative years. I, I grew up in a small town in New Mexico called Roswell. And um, it's been world-renowned for uh, the fact that there were a number of flying disks that uh, went to ground by some means in the area of Roswell um, during the year 1947. And I was very fortunate in that those events were probably the best known secrets uh, in the United States, if not the world, but it was right out there all the time. Nobody knew uh, outside of the Roswell area too much about the events, and they were probably uh, some of the most significant historical events for mankind since biblical times, for sure. Um, and I got to know and speak with some of the people that were intimately involved, particularly with the closest crash, which actually occurred, uh, the more notable one, um, up near a, a village called Corona, uh, New Mexico, yeah, no pun intended. Isn't that something? Yeah. And uh, everybody knew all around me what had happened, and I was just lucky enough to be able to network with prominent people, and they're not crazy, they weren't stupid, they didn't stand to make a dime on it, but uh, somehow they took me into their confidence and told me what they knew, about it, and that was something that I never forgot. And back in the day, you know, I couldn't wait to get out of Roswell as a young man. Most of the kids I I hung out with couldn't, but I somehow knew instinctively. I knew that at some point in my life I would uh, be trying to document something about the story and eventually my life turned full circle and uh, I did um, 
attend uh, a university here in New Mexico, two actually, and I did a year of medical school um, at a division of the uh, University of New Mexico Medical School and essentially became a paramedic. I knew that being a, an adrenaline junkie, there's no way I would ever be happy in the sterile confines and within the uh, caste system and the pecking order of uh, the medical community at large. And I was introduced to emergency medicine, became a paramedic, and uh, I loved it. I just absolutely loved it and eventually rose to the uh, level of operations supervisor at the largest ground and air ambulance in the state. And that was part of my hardening as an individual to things about life and death. And after that, I began to study and practice American common law of necessity and essentially became uh, black belt in that and became a um, one of a handful of men and women competent to uh, practice uh, that and go after the bad guys. And we're talking serious uh, bad guys that damage our, our fellow citizens uh, immensely and typically get by with it because of certain immunities they enjoy. And I think nowadays people are reading a lot about that. And I even wrote a case that went to the World Court at The Hague in the Netherlands, and I got my justice. I never got paid. And that may or may not happen at some point down the line. We don't know. It's still a live case. So I'm not at too much liberty to discuss many details, but uh, let's just say it was uh, connected at a certain level because it was a gold claim payable in gold coins and it was uh, tied to the disaster that struck America in the heart on 9-11 and that became a part of a subplot within the story, the Dreamland Files and I don't want to be a spoiler here, you, you know, your listeners uh, might want to purchase my book and read it um, because everything we were told about it is pretty much a lie. But that's a, a subplot in the story. Nic <sighs> Nicholas Cage. And Nicholas Cage. What movie was that that he starred in? Uh, it's, it's really... Um, Reverend Jim, you can even jump in there if you want. If, if Will, you're not... It's something... A quest? No, some adventure. You remember where they were... I never actually saw the whole thing. I should I sit down and watch it. Oh, he, he did a couple of them where they were... Uh, Freemasons, Washington, D.C. Yeah, the Freemasons and all that gun. Now I'm trying to think of the name. My mind went blank hey, also. You know what? Don't worry about it. We'll have... Was it National Treasure? Was that it? Could have been something like along those lines. We'll have someone in the audience yeah, probably set us, set us straight. So, you know, this is great. Um... Will, I am just already <laughs> hanging on every word that you are sharing with us here because there's, I'm sh as I'm sure our listeners are, presumably most of the people out there have not 
yet heard your story. They're not aware um, of your background and all of the knowledge, of course, that you do bring to the table. Uh, now, 9-11, indeed, that was, a, that was a huge day. And rather than maybe spending a lot of time on that, which we could, if you like, I also know that we presently are, you did mention Corona, um, we're having to contend with a rather significant uh, ordeal and, and world crisis right now is the way things have been stage managed and engineered is what it seems. I, I myself, just looking at things, really am of the belief and opinion that it is, uh, although you are the medical expert here too, aren't you? So this will be interesting to see what your thoughts are. I'm sure a variety of things, but that it's just to the point now where from what we're seeing here in, in South Korea, all I can really think is overkill. A lot of mass hysteria too, uh, you know, in, in addition to that, but just the, the overkill, needless hysteria. And um, as you're probably, I'm sure, well aware, the way that the powers that be that they endlessly capitalize and exploit fear and ignorance. Those are two of the big areas, human emotions and psychological realms that we, I guess you could say, possess. They know exactly how to tap into that and how to manipulate society. They've been doing it for quite a long time, is what it would seem. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I raised any anything that you'd like to respond to um but feel free go ahead okay well if you don't mind i'll add my uh take on it and yeah you have to get the point i'm about to make um rather uh rather well i was always uh raised in a in an environment and in a day and time in which, you know, scientifically, uh, things were valid if you could take them apart, put them back together again, examine them under a microscope, um, recreate experiments time after time, uh, attaining the same results over and over again. And then it was considered something scientifically valid. And that was just the end all of science back in the day. But I think, I'm sure, in fact, that a major element of our education has been overlooked or uh, not mentioned at all, and that is the, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it, a spiritual aspect, a quantum aspect, if you will, because quite frankly, um, Everything we know or have been taught, everything we think we know, most of us, about our world, our place in the universe, life itself, uh, it's all a lie. It's all based on a big fat lie or a series of lies. And so I I began to, to realize when I was doing medicine in the street where it's very important to practice it out there, that's where a whole lot of lives are saved and a whole lot of 
injuries uh, and pain and suffering can be alleviated by the first responders, guys that are competent and educated to get there first, do the right stuff, and get folks into the hospital in one piece so they can be swallowed up by the, uh, the medical institution where um, life and death has value based on the dollar sign in large part. And I know I'm going to piss a lot of people off with that. Sorry, but that's the way it is. Been there, done that. I'm speaking the truth. And so when, when I look at, at things scientifically now, yes, there is a science behind the corona scare. And A, the coronavirus is not a virus to begin with. And this thing that we're, viruses are not really living things. They produce an effect within the body that acts in some cases much like a paint thinner. It dissolves um, the barriers between cells at times. But this is not a virus, it's a misnomer. This has actually been discovered to be a bacteria. And when in the first uh, days of the coronavirus hysteria scare tactic that Big Brother was putting on, uh, the World Health Organization forbade uh, the surgeons in the country of Italy from doing autopsies on people who were known to have been ill from this and succumbed to it. And they wouldn't do autopsies for a time until enough medical doctors, thank goodness, a few stood their ground and stood up to the World Health Organization, decided to, to uh, disobey the orders of these people and did autopsies anyway. And they discovered that the respirators were doing more damage than good. They were blowing people's lungs up and that was causing deaths. And it wasn't a virus at all, but a bacteria easily treated effectively with aspirin, acetosolicytic acid, aspirin, and uh, regimen of antibiotics. And lo and behold, people that looked like they had uh, one foot in the grave got up and walked out of the hospitals. So right now, the cabal is using fear tactics so billionaires can make more billions selling vaccines and prescriptions and uh, vaccines with, that contain microchipping ability to track you and spy on you as a means to make more money. And it's not about health. It's all about control. Whew. What a sentence, huh? Well, you really unpacked a lot <laughs> there, didn't you? So... Was that a full sentence? I don't know if I heard any <laughs> pauses there. Yeah, uh, but uh, that's... feel free to correct me. No, My English no, no. are terrible. <laughs> uh huh. Our children's is our children's is learning. I don't know. Something. Yeah, Bush. Nah. Eh? So good old. Nah. You'd think you would be able to do better than that, America. Come on, sleepy well, Joe Biden and oh jeez. All so, of this, you know. Hey, hey. I, 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 uh huh. Go ahead. Yes. No, no. no I'm, I'm walking the, on you. You're the guest. You're the guest. That's your. It's your. It's your time. Go ahead. We're listening. Okay. Well, I just want to emphasize that, you know, my purpose really has been to create a novel. It's a faction thriller, and it combines fact with fiction. So there's a big disclaimer in there, and 
I had a choice when I began creating this, and it took me years to produce, and it's been very dangerous to do it. A lot of uh, people that blast truth out to the world have been murdered by the state uh, because they've attempted to uh, bring truth to the world. Uh, William Cooper, for example, died in a hail of bullets because he exposed and named names about the 9-11 thing, etc. I won't go into more detail about that, but just suffice it to say that I had a choice. Uh, I'm primarily known as the conspiracy guy, the law guy, and that's because when I speak and, and my book contains material that I'm, I'm qualified to write and speak about, been there, done that. I know the inside story on it. I know the truth. And I had a choice when I began this. Uh, I could have published a work that dealt specifically with the gigantic lies, conspiracies, and cover-ups that I did include in my book, The Dreamland Files. But a lot of people, myself included at first, find things like law and conspiracies dry as a bone and... Most people don't read through a whole book nowadays anyway, and I figured, why write it if people aren't going to get the benefit of it? If they just walk away from it after reading a few pages, you know, what's the point? So I tried to liven it up by creating a thriller, much like um, the tradition of, say, for example, the greater authors of the past. Um, Guys like Ian Fleming, uh, Harold Robbins, people that wrote epics. And I studied those in college, so they're valid. It's valid literature. And, and essentially, you know, I decided to, to take up that style of writing and create a faction novel. So I impart truth and secrets that are vital to know that are kept from all of us as you said, in every few paragraphs or every few pages or chapters, I, I drop a few golden nuggets that you're not going to find anyplace else any, in any one single source that I know of. And all while you're having the time of your life as a reader, hopefully, and you come to the end, and there's a huge emotional and intellectual payoff there that you won't want to miss. And so I chose the story... Uh, to tell that way. And I did that, of course, just for those reasons. But, Jaffe, the truth is the majority of people know there's something wrong here. They know it now. And I used to get uh, a lot of responses, like when I would speak, uh, a few people in a crowd would roll their eyes and clap their hands over their ears when I would say politics. Whether you like it or not, it affects you 24-7. It's critical to your life. Don't turn away from it. You need to know about it. Law, same thing. And conspiracies, they're all interconnected, and they all affect your life on a daily basis profoundly. I'm here to give you this information. It's important. You will need to know this at some point. Well, now people are waking up, and I think a good number of them have figured out, yeah, well, Will had a point there. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't fun to talk about sometimes or hear about. But more and more, 
people are waking up and they are involved in politics and they do realize the significance of it because now we're in a crisis point. We, as a, as a nation here in the United States, and truly as nation states all over the world, we will cease to exist unless we wake up and start taking effective actions after we know what the story really is. When you realize you've been bamboozled and swindled out of your freedoms, and believe me, nothing else matters when you lose your freedom or stupidly give it up, as some people apparently are willing to do, i.e. gun grabbers and so on and so forth, um, we will cease to exist at some point and we'll have to surrender to a, a one-world corporate-run government, and we're already there. The, tr the, the thing is, what do we do about it now? Uh, uh, people are, are tired of all the lies, and they do want the truth, and they can't handle it. Unfortunately, if I go back in time a few years, nobody took George H.W. Bush very seriously when he told us what the Washington elite had in mind for us and our future the day he proclaimed, and uh, I believe this is a quote, by consent or by conquest, there will be a new world order. And it's here. You know, people have been wringing their hands with worry about when's it going to happen. When's it, it's here. It's already here. If you don't believe me, you know, try to go out of your home right now in this country. And I don't know what you're facing in, in South Korea, but here in, here in the United States, most of our state governors have locked the states down, and you must wear one of these ridiculous corona masks that don't do anything. And you have to, if you want to go to the grocery store and buy something to eat or drink, you have to stand six feet apart, stand on a line, and most of them, have a line for you to be standing in, in line and waiting outside the store before you can come in. And then you go in and, and um, you have to follow arrows you know, on a, painted on a floor, uh, uh, one way here down this aisle, one way down that aisle. It's ridiculous. And it has nothing to do with health. It's all about control, period. I mean, I'm yeah. just I'm horrified at the number of people that are going along with this. Okay, okay, they they just want to keep their heads down, keep moving, buy that sack of potato chips, and get out. But they're bowing the knee to the new world order, corporate-run new world order. I mean, when in your lifetime did you ever think you would be taking orders from a corporation? that sells groceries <laughs> or, or vitamins. Yeah. It's insane. Will, uh, yeah. you know. Not you could, for me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. You couldn't have said it any better than, than uh, I, I wish I could have said it as, as well as you've just laid things out there, of course. And uh, not for too many of us pirates either, trust me. Uh, you know, we are we are very much liberty lovers, as you can probably imagine, most of the mm -hmm. of the crew, uh, other than when we find ourselves in the heat of battle. And that's when uh, we're 
that all of us expected to listen to what the captain has to say, rally around the the, the chieftain, the, the, the central uh, figure in charge, and follow orders basically but outside of that it's it's all about you know liberty laissez-faire hands off do whatever you want as long as it doesn't cause other people harm but you left you left out the part <laughs> everywhere we go now it's like you know contact tracing you got to sign in you know you got mm -hmm. what's 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 your name what's your f phone number what's your um what's your address i recently had to do that one place here in in korea there's uh, a lot of pressure to wear masks. One place where, where I'm working presently, this what I refer to as my elf gigs, English language facilitation. Uh, we tr <laughs> that's that's trademark now too, by the way. In case anybody's wondering, we actually need to we need to hawk a little more merchandise, I guess, via a Teespring <laughs> store and see uh, if people pick up on that or not. But uh, anyways, uh, you know, yeah, you couldn't have said it. Any better? This mask business too—it's just—it makes me want to just literally vomit. And it's I—I—I, I, you know, the nausea of seeing these these self-righteous, uh, self-indignant the politicians virtuous virtue signaling. I wear my mask right now. It's Corona, COVID nineteen, and we got it. We're taking the proper measures and steps to make everything better for everyone. Just hang tight, and uh, you know, and and yeah, and we're all it's. Then. Yeah, but, and we're uh, all in this together. Yeah, oh, like, sh yeah, well, like they lost their jobs and their pensions and their fat, cushy jobs. And oh, yeah. yeah, I know. Sure, yeah, yeah and record sure. record profits for the billionaire class, of course, as, as we've seen. That's right, sure. Is it qui bono? So, uh, you know, and the thing is, look, the way I, I see things is we're living through the age of apocalypse. Uh, you can look at it in the in the religious context, I suppose, a, hist a historical context, secular, or what have you. The word itself just simply means revelation or unveiling, so that there's more um, light being revealed. Uh, people are, to some extent, waking up uh, within the within the context of what we're seeing. Though I think this is the the power elite getting rather desperate and this is the card that they've played they have played the pandemic card i don't know if anyone has ever um heard of steve jackson's illuminati card game but he really lays it out okay well you know he really he really lays it out uh you know it's it's, it's like what what essentially you've done with your book in some ways revelation of the method kind of deal cloaked within the context of uh or framed within the context of uh fiction faction what have you but he got raided by the fbi back in the day too i'm not sure if you're aware of that of that or not and just some lame-ass excuse uh but the question i want to ask you right now and even before we get there maybe we should give a shout out to the folks that are joining us here we've got about at least 20 people altogether which is really great across the three various platforms, YouTube, uh, DLive, and Fakebook. Uh, I, I shouldn't make so much fun of, of, of Facebook, actually, but it's not the people, in case you're wondering, folks. It's not you personally, of course. We love everybody that does drop by and engage us and is a, is a part of the, the community, as it were. 
it's just more the way that they're set up. We encourage everyone to head over to minds.com. That's the place where we'd like to see more of you uh, more often. But uh, t around 20 people or even a couple more by now. So on the fence with Musa, uh, we got Reverend Jim there, of course. D the the Delu I always got tough with this guy's name. Pirate Larry is has uh, dropped by, so that's great. You know, Pirate Larry, I've got to apologize in case I missed out in giving you actually a uh, a shout out here over the past couple of shows. I think you might have dropped into one or two that we just you and Jennifer, of course, that we may have overlooked. If that was the case, if we did that if that happened we're very uh <laughs> we'll try to not make a, a repeat of, of seeing that happen again but uh let's just see who else we got here it's a real great group as always and i'm trying to get the the restream open here so we can take a look at what we got uh occurring anti-semitic kiwi hmm, that's interesting handle watchdog 005 joe a uh, couple new personalities that have joined us this week jaffe Ryder, of course and as we scroll on down well let's see where is jack blood that's a good question geez i hope he wasn't flying the lolita express well we'll get to the facebook people in just a minute or two here but we're going to turn our focus back to uh will here and ask him the question because i know it was part of his book this the emergency the health powers act or emergency powers act regarding national health in the context and the sense of a potential pandemic arising lo and behold what do we have here exactly that give us some context exactly how you work that into your book i'm quite curious to know <laughs> well that is a story in and of itself but what i can tell you is uh, yes, essentially, that was worked into uh, a whole passel of despotic legislation that was sneaked through Congress and the Senate unanimously and signed into public policy, public law. And uh, by the way, here's a, a very important thing I, I hope to, to get across to everybody. Governments make and enforce laws. Corporations make and enforce policy. So think about what I just said. When a government, such as we have at the federal level, state level, all the way down to the local level, when they pass what, what people think of as law, it's a public law, public policy. So we're dealing with corporate rules, not legitimate laws. That's a very important distinction. So anybody that's worked in a corporation, a big company, and you get the daily memo, the policy memo, thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that today, uh, it's all corporate policy. Our government has been taken over in the United States by giant corporations. They were first the uh, Federal Reserve Banks. Due to a bankruptcy, the government was forced into very quietly 
involuntarily in 1933, and the bankers took over our federal government lock, stock, and barrel, and at that point in time, uh, they shifted from the American common law, which is the law of our land, to the law of the sea, uh, British admiralty jurisdiction and law, as a matter of fact. It's not even American law. It's symbolized by gold fringe or golden ropes and tassels around an American flag or a state flag. So, so hold it. Let me just jump in for a moment yeah. here, Will. When did this yeah. actually occur? This is sounding a lot like, you know, we had mentioned Jordan Maxwell <clears throat> earlier. And in case people have not heard, he has apparently suffered a stroke. It may be serious. We're not quite sure at this point. Of course, we had interviewed him just a few weeks ago. And uh, the fact that he has recently uh, had to contend with this rather serious, uh, acute health issue honestly does not surprise me in the least. I, you know, call me intuitive or empathetic or what have you. I just, uh, you know, he's getting on in years and you could see that uh, things were, he's beginning to slow down a little bit. Most certainly so. But what you're talking about, Will, is the same sort of thing as to what Jordan has discussed for quite a few years. Have you uh, have you ever spoke with Jordan or have you studied his work at all? And and also, when did this when did this actual transition, the shift take place? Our shift away from the American common law and when the United States of America um, was a sovereign nation meaning not under the control of another. Um, that happened in 1933, the bankruptcy. I included all of the history, all the steps in it, in the Dreamland Files as part of the storyline. And it's actually, once you get into it, you'll discover it is, it's almost like a cookbook. It tells you how to free yourself from the corporate plantation that claims ownership, and I did say ownership, and control of all citizens from cradle to grave. If you want to get off of the plantation, you have to declare your freedom, and Big Brother doesn't like that. It's very dangerous, but you can declare your sovereignty and not be beholden or uh, under the power of the powers that be at this point. And literally, um, as the story goes along, a reader will learn how that is done. It's not for everybody. It's very dangerous. And, you know, it can be done, and it's the right thing to do. But it doesn't come without certain risk. I tell you how it's done in the Dreamland Files, step by step. And that's where the real power is, because the American common law was never dissolved. It was just kind of set aside. But it's practiced by our court system in, in large part and our law enforcement system. We no longer call them uh, peacekeepers or officers of the peace. They are control officers, and they're all officers of the court system police and they enforce the British Admiralty law and jurisdiction 
And interestingly, um, I, I can tell you a bit about that um, significance of that uh, in the Dreamland files, because essentially uh, there is a very uh, nasty law, if you will, uh, public policy, and it was passed unanimously, I believe, in 1933. It was uh, known... Uh, well, let me just put it this way. It's a terrible piece of legislation. <laughs> and essentially it claims that the state claims ownership of all property. That's the first principle. And that eventually extends to human beings as property or chattel of the state. Now, isn't that consistent with Karl Marx's planks of communism? It certainly is. So after the bankers took over and forced the federal government into bankruptcy in 1933, everything that America stood for, all public policy, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, I got to back up, all public laws became set aside in case rulings that had to do with the common law, and this admiralty law and jurisdiction was substituted for it, and in that jurisdiction, if you're accused of any wrongdoing, you're considered guilty until proven innocent, and that's backwards from the way we were all uh, taught, I believe, as children, that you're innocent until proven guilty, but that's not the way it is under that system of law, and it's heinous. It's just heinous. That's why you'll never get justice in this country. Another reason. And I'm talking about evil conspiracies, lies, and cover-ups that were planted by the cabal that we call, or part of the, the cabal that we know as the Illuminati. And, and a big chunk of those folks are um, merchant bankers, and big businessmen that are against humanity, and they're built on total world domination, and they're nearly there. Their biggest goal has been to bring the United States of America completely to its knees, and then abolish the sovereignty of all the other nations and establish one centralized glo global government to rule over the entire world. Some call it the New World Order. You can think of it as a corporate, uh, centralized, one-world government, whatever. That day is closer, perilously closer, than most people think or want to believe. And, you know, it's, it's serious. I, I, I can't overemphasize uh, you know, how, how serious it, it truly, truly is. No, I hear you, and I, I sense your frustration as as well, too. So it, it really is quite something that we've long been watching unfold before us. You know, you talked earlier about politics and a lot of people saying, well, I don't care about politics. thing about it is that, and I think this goes right back to Plato, that simply because you do not care 
for politics does not mean politics cares not for you. It does very much in a big way. You know, this is the Kraken, which to a large extent we are really focusing on here uh, at present, you know, this week. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess this is this is the main focus, most definitely, as you as you put it, Illuminati, Kraken, uh, big social media, the, the Silicon Valley uh, tech mafia. There's, there's many ways, there's many branches, many arms. We had just, just hit on a few briefly in the in the lead up to things this go around here. And in case people are wondering, you are listening to show number 191. It's uh, Will Champion, who has joined us this week out of Las Vegas, Nevada. We are discussing his Dreamland Files uh, epic literary release and production. It's a great thing that he has got it out. We received a, a PDF copy just uh, a couple weeks ago. Actually, we managed to get our hands on, so we're very appreciative of that. And it is, once again, chock full of information, nuggets of... Uh, well, insights basically into how essentially the system itself is run, the nature of the beast, how we are kept held in chains. And if we don't do anything and take action where we can within whatever sphere of influence it is that we affect and can have an impact on in our communities, um, in our homes, of course, too, but in our communities and the region where we're based out of, then, uh, you know, that's that becomes a big problem, of course. So I myself would encourage everyone, as as Will has uh, alluded to here, to most certainly take a stand, become more educated, become an engaged citizen as I so often like to put it, some people take exception to that term. They don't like the, the the citizen business. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Reverend Jim, hang on. We got you up there in the crow's nest. Let's just double check. We've got, uh, we can hear you here. Yes, you are coming through. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I got a question for him. Um, does, has he ever heard of the thing that by signing a ticket, you're actually co-signing? and then owning the ticket. If you don't sign it, it's the officer who signed, who filled it out and signed it. The ticket actually legally belongs to him. Good question. And Very it only question. goes to you if you actually co-sign it. Have you heard about that? I've heard certain aspects of that. What I can tell you in general is that the law public policy that the officers are enforcing goes back to that admiralty thing. And, and I'm not a biblical scholar at all by any means, but I can tell you that a part of this system is based on uh, practices that were in effect way back during biblical times. And if you imagine the sign of the cross or a crucifix, The monetary transactions or commercial transactions, and that's what these are, 
are done such that Big Brother keeps a, a two sets of books, double bookkeeping, and debits and credits can be passed back and forth across the the, the various aspects of the cross, uh, the upright and the crossbar, to complete the transaction. It goes back to offers and acceptance. And depending on which side of an offer or an acceptance you are depends on who, who and what belongs to who and how often and whose backyard. It can be very complex. It can also be very simple. Um, essentially, we're looking at the laws of commerce. And even though, um, I don't know, Jaffe, you're an expat, Canadian, living in Korea. And so in, in that part of our world, certain things and conditions and societal uh, demands and norms apply. Here in the United States, we are under something called the Uniform Commercial Code. And I believe going back to the year 1964, all nations on earth signed a compact with the Federal Reserve and the International Monetary System and other entities, and they agreed to abide by and fall under the domination of the uniform, universal commercial code. I wonder if America and, would have signed on to that if Kennedy hadn't been killed. Interesting t time frame there, 64. You know, Kennedy yeah, was no I, fan and, of the Federal Reserve, I don't think, was he? Oh, no. Who, who do you think was one of the larger players that, that put one in his head. LBJ? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. You know, well, you can read some of that in, in the Dreamland Files, too. But, yes, this is all part of a very super secretive, uh, the ticket thing, the citations. It is part of that system. I don't know all of the specifics regarding a, a traffic citation, but it does follow the guidelines under the Uniform Commercial Code. And interestingly, uh, Jaffe, you mentioned uh, uh, before the show that you might want me to uh, touch upon uh, the empire behind a lot of this. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd be happy to. It'll take me a few minutes to uh, uh, to lead in and explain, but I think this might be uh, a pretty good time okay. to Hang mention on. it. Sure, that sounds good. Uh, Absolutely, with, that was with, that was mm -hmm. with the question in mm -hmm. mind. With that question in mind. Okay, sure. Let me let's just put the brakes on that for a second. That was one of my next uh, points I was going to raise, and hopefully that have you address, of course, uh, regarding the. The emergence of what he's getting at here, I believe, is the Khazarian Empire. Uh, we'll just le leave it at that for now. But that also, you know, with respect to what's Korea here in particular, what I'd like to know, the wife told me actually, uh, you know, because I asked her about this naval admiralty law and so forth. And, and, and I think what she said is that following the end of the war, 1953 and the well i guess technically still at war 
kind of, sort of, did Trump sign a truce with Kim Jong-un? They kind of came close. I'm not too clear on the details, but bottom line here is that we operate on a Germanic-styled uh, tradition of law. Germany is the model they adopted. It's also with their education uh, structure, too, believe it or not is what I've, uh, my understanding of things. So go figure. Now, uh, you, you bet that I'm somebody who, when I go out walking in public, am not keen on wearing masks or doing the most ridiculous <laughs> in, inane things where I, I just, you know, don't feel it's necessary. I'm not comfortable with endlessly finding myself under surveillance. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, f the idea of forced vaccinations and and, and forced medical checks and and and, and so forth. Uh, there's just there are a number of things where it, there's too much in the way of intrusiveness, most definitely and it's a violation, um, not just an infringement, but a gross violation is how I often refer to things of our basic, you know, personal liberties. So um, I definitely have a problem with just to just to put that out there, uh, ha have that known for the record as if that wasn't clear enough, you know, up to this point already. But uh, before we before we have you addressed that, if you're clear on on things regarding the state of affairs situation here, history in Korea along those lines and then to the Kazarian business. But before we do that, um, anti-semitic kiwi watchdog zero joe some great comments there i'm not sure i don't know if we really have time to get into what they're laying out there in a big way joey boomer you know people can check these th these uh thoughts what they're what they're unloading via the youtube chat area facebook or, you know d live what have you for themselves actually i think china owns us is what watchdog 005 joe says yeah there's a lot to be said for that follow the money <laughs> follow the money so uh but there's been a big awakening as of late and as was in my opinion what was you know shared earlier i really sense and suspect that they've played the pandemic card because of this there's just too many people and and you know, coming to basically, you know, as the old expression goes, war is when your government tells you who the enemy is. Revolution is when you figure it out for yourselves. So, <laughs> you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Or or maybe not, if you want to keep a little clearer head, perhaps, <laughs> you know, there's all, that option as well, too. But the, the pandemic card, and uh, there was more I was going to add to that, actually, but uh, I've kind of... Um, a little, a little distracted at the moment here. So we'll just leave things where they are. I think we, we, we got you. There's two issues there for you to address. Will, uh, if, if you may, the, the Korea and the Germanic end of things, that whole business, if you have any idea. And then secondly, of course, take us on a journey back to around, I guess, the mid eighth century, if approximately maybe ninth, uh, in the Black Sea region, of Eastern Europe, the Khazarian empire well um unfortunately i'm not qualified to speak uh, uh on the subject uh of your korean situation i simply am not i i'm not learned in that 
and so I'll respectfully decline any comment. I, you know, I, I try to stick uh, as much as I possibly can with truth, and as, as far as I'm aware, geez, you show me somebody that knows everything about everything, uh, nobody does, really. If they claim to do it, uh, back away from them real quick. <laughs> That's not your friend. <laughs> but you know, I'm, not, I'm not an attorney, and I'm not a member of any bar association. And, you know, I have acquired a backlog of knowledge that goes way back about certain things in law, and... I am qualified to speak on these on these topics through research and practice. I put the things that I learned to use going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Big Brother's minions in the courtrooms. And, you know, it works. What I'm telling you or what I outline in the Dreamland files about the American common law, it works. It is superior to the... British Admiralty law practiced and enforced in the American legal system today that is based on fiction and fraud. It's not even American law. We don't have judges. They're administrative law judges. And it's all a fake, phony system, but they got real clout with real big, big thick thugs and great big automatic weapons to enforce those things. And people don't understand it. They were never taught this in school. Well, pick up my Dreamland files and you'll learn all about the things that Big Brother and the world's ruling elite do not want you to know. And it's truth. Now, as I stated, I'm not an attorney and I'm not a member of any bar association. And back when I was learning uh, what I've written about and what I practiced, uh, all I had was a need and a thirst for learning everything I could about the government's tangled web of conspiracies, lies, and cover-ups used to control the masses, and that dates all the way back to my youth uh, in Roswell, learning about the famous Roswell, quote-unquote, UFO crash. Now, I'd arrived at that ugly truth that, that practically every Thing we've been taught to accept as truth about ourselves, our world, and our place in the universe is a big fat lie by going there and doing the independent research myself. And now I'm certain the root source of the legal technologies I learned to wield is not from these parts here on Earth. And if you follow me, uh, follow my lead, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do my best to briefly explain in a time allotted here. Now, today it's obvious we live in that secrecy-minded, super-surveillance-oriented, and fully militarized police state, and it is patterned after the communist model. And their aims have nothing to do with liberty and justice for all anymore. And that's really sad, because I'm an American patriot. I have red, white, and blue blood flowing through my veins. This country is in my DNA, and I love America. But these folks I'm talking about that are this, that represent this quote-unquote system, they are certainly not about security, our safety, our lives, or our liberties. It's all about control.
And that's not just about some far-fetched conspiracy theory. Hey, I can prove it. You see, I fast-tracked along in my training until I became really competent as a sovereignty law trial litigator. And I was actually able to beat the bad guys at their own game, staying relatively safe by using our methods as, uh, as, as sovereigns and actually obtain justice for my clients. And believe me, uh, Big Brother's not wild about that. And my first trial case was actually the big one, and it went to the World Court at The Hague in the Netherlands. And again, I did score a victory and got justice. I just never got paid, not yet anyway. And so as I was going through, you know, my education in this area, I can tell you the best of the best legal practitioners in common law would confidentially uh, say, and I heard them say over and over again on many occasions, many of them, you know, this British Admiralty stuff and the Uniform Commercial Code is heinous. It's barbaric. And it's at the same time, it's brilliant. And so, you know, we can't go out and just tell everybody about this um, using the legal tactics that we, we will all put to the test. It's going to put thousands of lawyers out of business potentially, and Big Brother's not going to let that happen, certainly. Now, there are two separate and opposite sets of laws and jurisdictions in our country, three if you count military law, but it's your right to choose which system you want to live by. Hence, I've chosen to be a sovereign American national. And the application of symbols, and this is important, symbols to the law is equally important as applying facts to the law. Now, um, what I can tell you beyond this is the first set of laws is real law. It's American common law. It's constitutionally based, and our jurisdiction there is sovereign, and it's the law of our land. Title IV of the USA Codes makes that very clear, and it protects it. Uh, the other is the law of the banker. It's the law of the pirate on the high seas, and that should ring a bell with you. It's admiralty law, commercial law, the law of the banker. So, Essentially, with those two distinctions in mind, uh, these are um, the weapons in the admiralty law and jurisdiction that Big Brother uses against the system. Now, it's based on un underhanded tactics and so on and so forth. And as I began, I mean, it's just, it's just a rotten system, but we seem to be stuck in it because nobody knows to get out of it, and we can do that if we choose as a people. Now, when I go back in time, it's important that we look and see that as my, my mentors 
were training me and teaching me in the sharpest battlefield tactics uh, in American common law, they would always mention, you know, we've tried to go back and find the origins of this British admiralty. That was my next now, question. We, exactly that. Know, That's where, right. Where did all of this come from? And a few of them that I that I spoke with, and I won't uh, go along and mention names right now. It's not germane to the story, but they all said, as far as we can find uh, evidence, the trail backwards in time seems to end with something called um, the Code of Hammurabi. Aha, exactly. I mean, you hit on, <laughs> that was, that was, I had that Code of Hammurabi in my mind now for quite some time. Yeah, and then maybe even the Phoenicians in work find themselves <laughs> in the mix there somewhere as well too, uh, speaking of ah. high seas. Uh, but go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> I seem to have uh, triggered got me. your attention you, you there on me, that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now again, I am not a religious scholar, so I'm not going to go into a lot of great detail about the subject of Nibiru, although it is mentioned in the the Christian Bible, and the Anunnaki, and I'm sure a, a good many of your listeners know who those guys were reputed to be in the context of religion, but I'm just going to give you enough uh, information to hopefully connect a few dots. And my purpose, I, I know, I know a lot of this material is, is kind of dismal. And it really is. We should take this seriously. It's not a happy land bedtime story. And my intent here is to educate, inform, and inspire people and, and, and bring a little knowledge forth that they're not going to get by any other means, most likely, and hopefully get people in touch with their inner patriot. <laughs> and and I'll, I will continue by saying and it's a well-known fact that more often than not, legends tend to be founded in truth. And what I'm about to tell you um, is backed up by what people consider uh, indisputable evidence, and that includes uh, the Christian Bible. Now, don't take my word for it, folks. Do your own research and form your own conclusions, but from an informed perspective. Now, according to translations of certain ancient Sumerian and Babylonian records, there's a mysterious winged orb they referred to throughout history as Nibiru, and it crosses through our solar system about every 3,600 years, and it wreaks havoc on everything on Earth each time it does. Now, one of the more famous of the ancient Sumerian records shows a detailed map of our solar system, which depicts Nibiru, and that is apparently the home planet of these giant ancestors, the Anunnaki. Now, numerous ancient Sumerian and Egyptian glyphs still exist that do depict the coming of this giant race of warriors, warrior gods, some people say, the Anunnaki to Earth, and they were uh, reputed to 
uh, fly about in winged, quote-unquote, sky chambers that rose straight up into the air or space, and some dealt death-dealing rays. Now, apparently, at some level, we are a, most likely the descendants of the ancient Anunnaki warriors, and some of their descendants are tied to the Kazarian Empire, the Kazarian Mafia, specifically the Rothschilds family, and so they claim to have the royal blood of the Anunnaki within them. They think all of this world domination is their birthright. Now, let's go back in time once more and, and try to trace the Anunnaki evolution and see how it relates. Now, according to what I've determined, apparently the world, the ancient world, had long ago one worldwide civilization. It was characterized by a lot of pyramid-building societies, and apparently they all shared not only same architecture, cultures, and traditions, and teachings about their ancestors that came from the stars, but also a common series, a uniform system of laws. Now, these giant extraterrestrials apparently, um, from what I've been able to gather, were responsible, at least in part, for helping humankind build these ancient civilizations. And with the technologies that we have now for ground-penetrating radar and, and things that uh, are in orbit that can look down and penetrate uh, the canopy of trees in the rainforest, they're showing up more and more evidence of this worldwide civilization all the time. The evidence is there. Now, these ruthless Kazarians and their progeny in modern times have seized control of the banking institutions and the major corporations of the earth. And essentially, what we're told in school about much of this leaves out certain factors. And I've recently, within oh, the last several months, made some rather startling discoveries. One, which is fairly commonly known, is there was found in the Middle East a seven-foot-tall column of black diorite stone called the stele, on which is etched Hammurabi's 300 very harsh and unequal codified laws, half of which deals with contract exactly the same as does contemporary uniform commercial laws, uniform commercial codes. It's all about contracts. And that goes back to the question uh, asked about the traffic citation. It's all, all of this commercial law is all about contract and their enforcement. 
In fact, in today's world, codified laws and their enforcement are two of the most powerful tools on earth for control. And they're not about upholding your civil rights. Okay, now, those stones, the, the stone that has Hammurabi's code chiseled on it were very, very brilliant. They were harsh. And I looked not only there, but I found information in, in the Dead Sea Scrolls and the Nag Hammadi Codex that further shed light on these ancient laws. And they involve the Anunnaki, the flying vehicles from other worlds. And here are the stunning new twists that I promised to reveal. After years of further research, I believe it's probable I did locate the source beyond Hammurabi's system of written laws, much of which is contract law, same as it is today. I was, uh, and they were hidden in plain sight. All I had to do was look in the right books. I was looking in the wrong books for years. <laughs> Mainstream history tells us Hammurabi was a Babylonian king and lawgiver, and that much I already knew, but not much more until it occurred to me to check with Oxford and several other major universities. They provide online translations of those ancient Sumerian, Babylonian, and other cuneiform texts and tablets and pictographs. The Emerald Toth Trap, excuse me, I'm getting tongue tied, sorry. The Emerald Tablets of Toth and the Torah's Laws of Moses, which rather interestingly came into existence 300 years after Hammurabi's, Hammurabi's Code, is strikingly similar. And here's where it gets right down to the nitty-gritty. Hammurabi considered himself a catalyst for powers greater than himself who ordained him, Anu, the sublime god-king of the Anunnaki. And Enlil, Anunnaki's, Anunnaki's uh, god, Anu's oppressive descendant. And Hammurabi himself states in the prelude to his laws that his right to make those laws was given by the gods. One in particular, he credits being Shamash, the semi-divine descendant of king, the king of Babylon and the judge of gods and men. Well, so, Hang on a second, Will. Uh, this is interesting because you just hit on a word which semantically, for me, uh, sets off a few things. It gets the wheels turning a little bit more. Not that they needed any further exertion or, or work tonight, because they're really, you know, there's, there's a lot uh, of the dots that are being connected for me here. Um, and I think maybe some of our listeners can perhaps pick up on that just by the sound that the tone uh, of uh, my voice really so but shamash and shem this is what i was what is going to kind of tie this into because i was thinking for the past few minutes now shem the flying vehicles it sounds like you have read a little bit of um oh gosh his now why did his name just suddenly escape me with a uh, Zachariah Sitchin. I'm not sure how much of your research you've based on what he put together. I mean, he is a controversial figure and his research is has been disputed by some. Um, 
However, the flying vehicles and uh, known as the Shem, perhaps, is there a connection here? I'm sensing there may be Shamash. Of course, in the Indian tradition, they are known as what, v Vimana? Is Vimanas. That, is, yeah, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but, so, okay, so, I mean, am I on the right track here, basically? Uh, and, 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 I, I think semantics, I let's think not forget. Are. Sem, semantics, people, do you get that, folks? Sem, Shem, Shamash, and Hoot, Hoot, Lawgivers, writing of the language, and the fact that I have found living in Korea here, it's fascinating. Korea is the country, not China, not Japan. Korea located right here. It is so intriguing. And it's funny that we heard growing up back in Canada, it seemed like you would hardly hear much about Korea. It'd always be Japan or China, Japan or China. What about Korea? Uh, stuck there in the, in the middle, endlessly getting beat up on, invaded over the years and having to deal with these two powerful neighbors. But uh, the language the, that I have been able to connect but with what is going on here in Korea, linguistically, uh, and, and English, but also thirdly, Sanskrit. I found numerous examples, and I haven't really looked that deeply into things in, in, in uh, making these connections, but um, there are certain key cognates, root words, which to me are just um, quite telling. The word for many is, is man, manta. Uh, the, could, and these are old words too. Matching, machuda, uh, so, kure, so. The, the uh, negatory prefix, I guess, I think, call, call it a cognate, is, is an, like as in un, un in English, an or anti. So it's always an, anio. Uh, yes is yay. I mean, be belly is bay, and it's interesting too. Belly, bay, as in baby. Uh, but in, in Sanskrit, uh, go too, let's not forget. Ga. Sanskrit, English, and Korean, it's all the same. Well, ga, ga in Sanskrit and Korean, and then English is go. Just numerous examples that people can easily find. Um, it's just mind-blowing when you start looking into things a little bit. You mentioned these these huge, I think, pyramids. Let's not also, we, we got to also keep in mind here, too, the, the mound builders, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the dolmen, the dolmen, which Korea, once again, there's, there's you find the majority of the world's uh, dolmen that are known as, get this, folks, go in dol, these in the West, dolmen, the big uh, stones, giant megalithic stones. <laughs> yeah, they're in Korea, go you're, in dol. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're bringing me right down to the uh, to the bottom line here. Okay, and we only it, got a few amazing. minutes we, to wrap we up. Are, <laughs> we are on the same page here. Yeah. But let me let me go ahead and, and wrap this up Let's for have you. It, yeah. You see. Uh, you know, the pyramid builders. It brought me right back to mentioning those and got me on track. Now, Hammurabi himself stated in the prelude to his laws that his right to make those laws was given by the gods. One in particular, according to him, was Shamas, of course, the semi-divine descendant, king of Babylon and judge of gods and men. So, here's the lineage. Apparently, 
from Anu, God King of the Anunnaki, the laws were handed down to Shamash, and from Shamash, the laws were handed down to Hammurabi. Now, in, I, I, I was so astonished by this uh, revelation that I cross-checked with numerous other authorities, including a, a couple of good friends. One is a PhD in anthropology, uh, and uh, she's world-class, and she confirmed what I just spoke and revealed. And I, and then, you know, when I, I took a step back, I realized something. And I, I realized there's a good chance that I had inadvertently located the actual origins of the great law code for the centralized world government of Babylon and the one world civilization, worldwide civilization that existed in ancient times. And more than that, the root source of all codified law, such as is prevalent in commercial law, it's all codified, and that is an unmistakable mark of today's new world order. If that was so, would that not mean mankind in the 21st century is still governed by ancient Anunnaki law? And I'll just leave it here at that. <laughs> Presumably, yes, there would be something to that. Uh, I in the background, I'm, I was trying to get your attention here, just on the side through Skype. We're just hearing some a little bit of. Is it a fan that you have going? Something. I. I, uh, uh, I was, yeah, there's there's a. Is, is that bothersome? <laughs> oh, uh, slightly, a little bit. I'm. I'm it sounds like a ribbon or something uh, that a fan just keeps keeps blowing up, which I was mm. describing here in the Skype Sorry chat as, as bup 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 bup. But I and then uh, even more closely to what I was hearing, fap, 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 fap. Although I don't, I don't know if you know what that means, Will. I think some of our, our listeners do. Presumably you're not up to that sort of thing uh, at uh, present moment. Well, we have a, uh, an air conditioning system here in the condo that's, uh, um, it, well, it's, it was 105 degrees oh, here today. It, sure. And the, the poor thing is just working overtime. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, and it, it's probably gasping and doing all kinds of things. Uh -huh. Sorry about that. So that's, that's, it's not that. Uh, it's but just a, yeah. sweat, sweating on your listeners would probably be in very bad form. Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, and the humidity here in Korea is just, it, it, it's out of this world. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe can, there could be some truth to that once you start figuring into the works of what we see taking place here uh, with the full spectrum dominance and, and agenda, the war on humanity, as we're seeing it now unfold, the push to bring about what seems to be not only this, this one world order um, global empire, but also... Well, there's just there's there's so much taking place here at uh, at the highest levels, obviously. So chemtrails and the geoengineering is one of the areas which, to me, uh, that's a that that's a that's a big thing. Obviously, I don't know if you see much of that in Las Vegas, Nevada. Presumably, you do, but uh, it, it's just 
you know, we got to shut things down here right now. We never got into the whole Kazarian business. People can hopefully uh -huh. research that on their their own. I know you were. There's a great photo we have you oh, in the slideshow that has you lecturing. Uh, I'm not sure how far back that goes exactly, but um, the last point I was going to make here, really, it's a little bit off point, but it kind of we can bring this just kind of work it into the mix, I suppose, as far as the the connecting of the dots is concerned. Um, and that's one thing the, these debunkers, these disputers of uh, so-called conspiracy theories, they, they don't like people to do. <laughs> they don't want people connecting dots. That's, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. So, and people do take it a little too far. I think it's some, some instances, some cases clearly over, you know, just to the point of utter, just uh, absurdity. But uh, connecting uh, the gaslighting in the media, you know, endlessly gaslighted with with the narratives, the the chemtrail geoengineering. Well, people talk about man-made climate change, for example. Yet we never hear. Not how many times have we heard about Tesla technology or scalar weaponry uh, within the context of this conversation? How often have you heard people talk or bring up the the? The, the speeches, the quotes that we see in people, I guess, are these fake quotes? I don't think so. Courtesy of the likes of JFK and LBJ, you know, openly acknowledging um, and and giving total uh, total support for the idea that the, he or she, those who control the weather, will control the earth. They, they they knew about the weather uh, warfare. In fact, there was a weather warfare treaty that was signed. You might be uh, know about this. Back in 1977, I think it was when it was ratified, the UN in Geneva, for crying out loud, what was that all about? Why did they have to sign the powers to be this weather, this weaponized weather warfare treaty way back when? Uh, and, and just to think how far have they come since then? in, in up, upping their game, as it were, with the weaponization of weather-based uh, manipulation, the technology. And, you know, and yet it never figures, we never find it worked into the conversation when it comes to this whole business of man-made climate change. It's really troubling. And, and just another example of how we're just endlessly gaslighted by the uh, and sandbagged, I think is another way put in the establishment media. Like I said, I know that's a lot point. I think I made myself clear. Um, hopefully, hopefully that that uh, is sufficient enough for people out there. Not don't leave them scratching their heads, wondering why even I brought that up in the first place. But um, yeah, an alien presence, an alien long time alien presence on this earth. Could it be? quietly pulling the strings manipulating the and steering the destiny of humanity exactly uh, yeah so well look we're gonna head to the after show i don't know if you've got time or interest it's completely up to you uh as it is all guests it's a hundred percent optional deal that we do it's the premium content it's a one hour 
uh, conversation. We throw a little bit of music into the mix and kind of kick back and and just uh, a more sort of relaxed approach. But, you know, I, we didn't give a shout out to a handful of people here on Facebook. We have one computer here as well that's kind of wanting to... Uh, to seize up on us but i think i remember a couple of the names dana shiver uh zane ivy and who else did we have there oh gosh if, if only memory would serve i know there's a few of you so but uh apologies right now at this particular moment like i said it's one of those things where we could get away with actually rebooting here right in the midst of it all uh this is a little bit of uh studio magic where we don't even need that one computer to be running the entire time here and we can just as we speak boot it right back up so we don't have the most sophisticated system at our disposal but we do over the course now this is our fifth year so you know managed to get by and generally put a successful uh from a technical standpoint at least relatively successful show together so uh you know Will, it's been a great ride. We're not quite at the two-hour mark, but, uh, you know, typically we just, we run things, it's approximately 90 minutes. You've done your duty here, the, you know, and gone above and beyond the call of duty. So the name of the book is The Dreamland Files, and, you know, it's over, it's a little over 500 pages altogether. And, you know, I tell you, if anyone has got a copy of Jim Mars's uh, Rule by Secrecy, that was only this is within the context of sort of like a Dan Brown um, adventure thriller, another sort of national treasure type literary um, effort that. You know, it just, it's this endless action and uh, information being unpacked. So how much does it actually go for? You You offer it in just strictly electronic form uh, at, at present, but how, how much do you uh, typically, uh, what is it that you ask the, the, you know, in exchange for a copy of the book? And on top of that, I'm not sure, you know, sometimes we work out deals with, different authors that do drop by where they can maybe put together like a small discount or offer a bit of a perk for our listeners. Sometimes they're not in a position to do that, unfortunately, but uh, if so, that's always appreciated. Um, uh, what's How do things look there on your end? At present, the uh, the purchase price per download is, I think, nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And I have varied the price over time, uh, all the way down to about two ninety nine, all the way up. Uh, I've offered buying incentives such as uh, discount plus uh, something like a Starbucks card, five dollars. You buy the book, I'll buy you the a cop a coffee mm-hmm. and a donut. Uh, um, right now, where we are at this point, it's nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And um, it can only be obtained through one location worldwide, and that's www.willchampion.com. Um, I've chosen to maintain it as an ebook at this time. I just don't know 
um, if I really want to go out and do what it uh, what it takes to extend myself and you know incur the cost of publishing uh, the thing in print form. To me, I just don't know. I would, if it would I would even be worth going ahead with it. It's just I tried that mm-hmm. to begin with, uh, trying to write the perfect query letters to tell you the truth. Right. Um, um, authors' agents weren't uh, helpful, and I certainly couldn't find a publisher that uh, had their head on straight. In fact, uh, and this is way off out there, but to tell you that to show you the mentality that drove me to self-publishing and as as an ebook, I only got one uh, response back after flinging hundred dollar bills into black holes forever, it seemed, with well, you know the manuscript, five hundred and some odd pages, put that in double space print double bubble wrapped in a big manus oversized manuscript box and insure it and you've dropped a hundred right there to somebody who probably doesn't read past the title in fact i got one rejection slip back from a major publisher that did in fact uh publish uh, um something by a gentleman by the name of brown same genre said oh by the way Mr. Champion, thanks for your submission, but we don't publish books about people's dreams. That's, uh, yeah, that's hence, quite, hence yeah, yeah. an ebook. That's, that's incredible. <clears throat> and uh, they can go kick rocks, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I know the feeling <clears throat> for sure. So, how about, you know, we got Carol Doan Sloan here asking about, uh, and this is something I thought of earlier as well, too. Uh, an audio book version something to consider i know they're out there they're getting quite popular even on the youtube channel you can uh, um, grab a few for free if you want to listen to them oh hang on so hold it because we haven't Uh seen you have a youtube channel oh it's uh, it's not really functional i do have a youtube channel but it's just loaded with old promotional videos and stuff there's not substance to it like you have with your show and i never developed it that's my bad we have I've been uh, busy with other things well and sometimes people do need others to step up to the plate or enter into the the picture to lend a helping hand so um, mm-hmm. I, 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 we know of a few people that might be able to, to do that. So we could talk about these things later, uh, behind the scenes sure. and, uh, see how that all plays out. But yeah, we're going to, we're going to head off to the, uh, the after show. It looks like here once again, whether w- without you yourself or not at all, depends of course, uh, uh, you know, it's entirely, we, one of the things I don't like guests to do is to to feel as if they're obligated so you know just to make clear we'll talk about this behind the scenes though and and just you know get clear on where where things stand because yeah the pressuring of guests is it's just and this is really something that we typically like to uh although i think we did draw this to your attention prior to prior to uh kicking things off here this go round 
and uh, but it's strictly optional and you just never know what's going to happen so uh let's see who else do we have here that we did not acknowledge <clears throat> there's a few people that 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 did uh pass we that uh slipped through our uh, our visual um grasp i guess if you will but uh so janie walker who was really instrumental once again and sounds like a a, a pretty good friend of will she was you know was really critical helpful without her that the show probably wouldn't have been put together so soon um so we cannot say more in support of the effort that she has lent on her part uh, we'd like to encourage all of our listeners to do the very sort of thing um step up and um take on the part of a co-producer really or a booker if you will so that is what she has done this go around helping to um connect us in a more formal sense with mr champion johnny webb out of london uk always good to see you carol Doan sloan once again zane ivy and uh all the other people out there in the wider listing world so willchampion.com is the website uh reverend jim you know we had you at the start and i you know think in the middle of the live stream once again we're gonna wind things down here right now at this very point i mean an incredible amount of material with so many different uh issues to so many different uh historical references of course uh, clues and uh <laughs> people do have a lot of you know there's a lot of more reading people could do i suppose well obviously uh but he really does you know there's three actually sample items that that will does offer on his website so people can freely download a number of pages of what he's produced or get a, a sense of what they would be looking at with the full approximate twenty dollar purchase and whether or not we are able to work a little more of an incentive as he mentioned earlier this this starbucks coffee kind of deal or what have you is 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 uh something that we can we can take care um after after we wrap here of course but reverend jim wow uh this is one of the better shows that we've well, we've been we've been pumping out i think a pretty decent number of quality shows and this ranks among the top once again so i don't know about you my friend but uh i certainly enjoyed myself and uh found it highly informative uh, you know there's and so you know the gift of knowledge the gift of knowledge it's such great karma i don't know if, if will if you're a believer in karma or not the word just simply means action uh, but thank you so much for what you have done with respect to your 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 um literary publication and and work um it just yeah it's it's the gift of knowledge is so critical to to what we have to offer and as far as our life's purpose that's about as much as i can see to it consisting of is giving to others and and presenting things such as ideas 
for example, in the all, uh, final analysis, really, if we look at things closely, can see how they are much more significant and valuable than any material thing could ever possibly be. Reverend Jim, I'll let you jump in there once again as we wind things down. Thanks for being a part of the show up there in the crow's oh, nest. I'm, I am glad I didn't miss this sailing because uh, he touched on just about everything that's been dear to my heart for a long time from Roswell to uh, this corona hoax that we're going through is uh, not contagious the way they're telling us in what he said about the uh, viruses being the body's form of breaking down toxins. And that's why people who eat healthy and stay healthy don't get sick because they have less toxins in their body and they don't get the buildup. They don't get the breakdown. Right. Um, the, and then on, on the corporate statutes instead of laws and then we're under mm. maritime law. Oh, man, I was just loving that. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, everything. Uh, the, and then, uh, yeah, I'm getting his book. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I'm going yeah. to his site and getting his book because, um, yeah, it's there and great. It was a great show. Will Champion, thank you. It was an excellent, uh, excellent opportunity. I'm glad I got to meet you. WillChampion.com is the website address. We've got all of the social media links that you could possibly want available down in the the YouTube show description area. So uh, we'll be back again Tuesday night, same time as always, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 out on the East Coast. That is... 12 p.m. noon, of course, here, Wednesdays in the Tokyo and Seoul time zones. We're going to head on off to the after show. Thank you so much to everyone who did drop in and contribute to this week's show, episode number 191 of Pirate Radio Podcasts. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. I, I did want to say uh, my numbers for tonight's show um, held about 10 the whole night. We're oh, yeah. sitting at 16 right now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. No, so, he, uh, I mean, we've got some good numbers. Sure. Sure. And that's the thing, too, you know, is that it's not so much the people drop in to, well, to see what, you know, Jaffe and Jim or whoever happens to be helping out in the wingman or woman position or are uh, rattling on about. But when we have these high-profile guests, such as Jordan Maxwell, and once again, people, please, if you believe in, if you believe in prayer or the power of positive thought, Jordan is someone who I would ask that we all take the time to just reflect upon his career and life to this point and that he manages to find the strength to carry him through this current predicament where he finds himself 
according to the reports that we've heard today, having recently suffered a stroke. So he's in the hospital, from what we understand. And, uh, you know, this, this thought intention experiment, it had pretty positive results last time. We all got to go when it's our time, naturally. Uh, but this, the power that does reside in the collective mind, there could be something to that. So do what you can, folks, to send him your positive thoughts, prayers, and energy. We got to sail on out of here once again, back Tuesday night, next Friday. Haven't checked the, the, uh, what's, what's on tap, but we do have some, some quality content as always, of course. Um, the, well, we've got actually Jim Gottstein, the, uh, how do you pronounce this now? The Zyprexa papers for anyone who has had any dealings with the mental health industry, uh, psychiatrics in particular, and their tendency to want to push pills, AKA drugs. We hear a lot about the war on drugs. Well, this will be the show for you. Jim Gottstein, the Zyprexa papers, not to be confused with the Panama papers, although I think that could have worked its way into the conversation and flow of things tonight as well. A big deal that seems to have just gone by the wayside was out there at the Ford a couple of years ago. Interesting how that works. Um, just as we found recently with the whole Epstein debacle, underage sex trafficking business that's been taking place at the highest levels. But once again, yeah, we got a skedaddle. Head off to the after show. It's been a great ride. Nearly two hours altogether. Thank you so much, everyone, to taking part, helping out, contributing, and participating, making this week's live stream uh, hopefully what will prove to be uh, in the final analysis and all-around success. On behalf of Captain Long John Sinclair and all the rest of the crew here aboard the Robin Hood, including Reverend Jim, I'm your host as always, show's Chief Communications Officer Jaffe Ryder. Be sure to drop by willchampion.com and get yourself a copy of the Dreamland Files as soon as you can. Happy sailing, everybody. I know. There we be. Having carefully looked over each of our navigation panel instruments, checking every level, switch, dial, cable, knob, and pulley, by all accounts and indications, we indeed see it's time once again to drop anchor inside Mystic Bay, draw an end to yet another week of World Pirate Radio Live. Remember, if you're looking for a little more animated online action, 
keep in mind, we've likely got yet another great free-flowing rogues gallery after show coming up for the next hour in one of our more premium exclusive and remote digital underground online pirate hideaways. Also, if you yourself have a new novel, intriguing, or otherwise underreported idea, unique individual, or pressing item in mind, be sure to either drop us a line directly over on WPRPN.com or fire us a quick email via Pirate One Radio at ProtonMail.com. We're always open to exploring fresh creative suggestions, intriguing guest ideas, cutting-edge discussion topics, and captivating themes. Remember, WPRPN.com member sites, subdomain links are also always available. Great for artists, musicians, podcasters, bloggers, social media personalities, or pretty much just any old land lover looking to boost their online visibility, presence, and reach. Basic personal profile accounts can be launched for just $60 per year. Staking your claim now helps not only strengthen you and the network, we're also looking out for the little guy. That's right, folks, as much as half of all WPRPN's profits are redirected right back into the hands of the people who really need it most. Community charity. After all, we are the Robin Hood. You can further embark on your own personal pirate journey by either liking, sharing, commenting on, subscribing to, or just following us via virtually any mainstream social media platform, including Twitter, Facebook, Gab, or Minds.com. So don't forget to become engaged until we meet again out on the high digital seas. I'm your host as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Tally ho.